what's going on, everybody? Welcome into That Betting Show here on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Alex Gold with you for the next hour. And we'll hand things off to Chris Kleiman for the Chris Kleiman Coaches Show. Kansas State, huge game this weekend. Massive game against the TCU Horn Frogs during my uh, goalie locks. I'll have some thoughts on that game. Big opportunity for the Wildcats. A couple big-time Big 12 games. I understand the Big 12 National uh, Championship slash college football playoff picture. Yeah, probably not going to have anybody. Neither is the Pac-12, but from a conference race from some really fun football to watch this weekend. The big 12 certainly has that. So we'll get to a little college football during the Goldilocks. Remember four NFL games, four college football games. Uh, we'll check in on how we did last week. In fact, uh, right now we're sitting on college football at 18 and 13, the NFL at 14 and 10. So hopefully we can keep uh, some things going on uh, the NFL got us back on track last week. We went three and one in the NFL trying to, to improve on where we were at college football, staying pretty steady so far this season. You guys can fade or follow as you guys always know, when it comes to the Goldie locks, you can hit us up on the J Southland. So service text line, nine, one, three, five, eight, six, seven, six, 10. Also on Twitter at Alex gold at six, 10 sports, KC, and also over on the, that betting show discord channel, Still invite you guys to join that if you want as well. Just hit me up on Twitter or the text line, and I'll get you a link to that. Completely free to join. Everybody's uh, excited today, though. I got Julio Sanchez producing the show. I might even get him to someday bet as well. That's that's how much today means because today is the sports equinox, Julio. Today is the sports equinox, just the 26th time that has ever happened. So what is that? Oh, we got all the professional teams, all the leagues in action today. We got NFL. We got Major League Baseball postseason. We got NBA. We got NHL. There's MLS. There's college football about 15 minutes or so away. It's the two and four Saints taking on the two and four Cardinals out in Arizona. The Saints are two and a half point underdogs in this one. The total sitting at 43 and a half. We'll get into the Chiefs and the 49ers. Of course, the Chiefs two and a half point favorites on the road taking on Jimmy G out in Santa Clara. And we'll get the lowdown of this entire NFL slate Coming up around 7.30 or so as John Lanfranca from Action Network and also a writer for FantasySharks.com will take a look at some props that he likes for this weekend. We'll, of course, get his thoughts on the Chiefs and Niners and the rest of the NFL slate. So it'll be good to have John back on the show, another Kansas City guy, a local guy uh, that has spent some time in the betting space for quite some time. So always like to have him on the show. Going to be fun here for the next hour or so. But because it is the sports equinox. I do want to hit on every single sport that's in action today. Normally we do a little Thursday night football. Then we go right into the chiefs and who they're playing. Uh, but I want to spend a little bit more time on all the leagues that are in action today, because this only happens for the 26th time ever. And it's the first time we've had a betting show with legalized sports betting in the Kansas city area when this has actually happened. So why not? Let's start though with Thursday night football, because as I mentioned, Arizona taking on, New Orleans here in just a little bit. Saints, two and a half point dogs, total at 43 and a half. And this game has DeAndre Hopkins coming back for the first time this season. He was serving that six game suspension. And if you look at where the money is and you take a look at where the ticket percentage is for this game, the public thinks that DeAndre Hopkins is not going to miss a beat, that right away, D Hop is going to jump in and he's going to make an instant impact. And we know this Arizona offense has been absolutely dreadful this season. How much is it on Cliff? How much is it on Kyler? How much is it that they haven't had DeAndre Hopkins? The one bright spot was Hollywood Brown. Unfortunately, Hollywood Brown going to be out at least six weeks. So they go and they trade for Robbie Anderson. 
right? He wanted out of Carolina. He did everything possible to get out of Carolina. He got the interim head coach to kick him out of the bench area back to the locker room. And so Robbie Anderson, a couple reports say he's going to get maybe 10 or 15 snaps tonight for the Arizona Cardinals. So where's the money at on this one? DeAndre Hopkins to score a touchdown period tonight is plus 155. He has brought in, according to, to BetMGM, more money to score a touchdown than every other player combined tonight. So again, the public believes D-Hop right away can have an instant impact. Look, he's an elite wide receiver. Uh, it's one of those where I, I, I totally get the thought process, and it's very, very tempting uh, to sprinkle a little bit on DeAndre Hopkins. Now, for the first touchdown score, here's the breakdown tonight for Thursday Night Football. So the most bet on first touchdown score for Thursday night is Alvin Kamara at plus 700, 20 5% of the tickets roughly are on him to have the first touchdown tonight. DeAndre Hopkins, I just mentioned him. He's also 7-1 to be the first scorer. He's got about 18.7% of the, uh, the the money on him to score a touchdown, the first touchdown tonight. I do have a little money on Taysom Hill, though. Taysom Hill's 10-1 for the first touchdown. 11% of people have that out there. I got a little bit of money on Taysom Hill tonight to be the first touchdown scorer. He has been an absolute weapon for them since they went to Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is starting tonight. Jameis Winston's going to be the third quarterback and available tonight. Andy Dalton gets to start, but Taysom Hill... So far this season, he's got about 35 snaps at quarterback. We know they'll line him up in the backfield. We'll line him up at tight end. They'll line him up in the slot at the wide receiver. So he will be on the field tonight. I like the value there at 10 to 1 for Taysom Hill. So I do have a little bit of money there. And then just the other breakdown for most bet on first touchdown scores tonight. Jawan Johnson, the other tight end there uh, for the Saints, 18 to 1. There's about 8.5% of tickets on him. And then Zach Ertz, the tight end for the Cardinals, 12 to 1 to be the first touchdown score tonight for Thursday Night Football at 8.2%. I think we all just want to see some points, though, right? Hey, can I ask you a serious question here? Yeah, man. So we all know Call of Duty was released today. I know. Does that affect mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the play of Kyler Murray tonight? I saw that. Is it the new Call of Duty? I, don't, I, don't, I haven't been it locked. Is. I saw that it came out, especially for those that pre-ordered or something. We know and he's it happens a to be on a day where Kyler Murray's playing. Right? I know typically not a good sign, right? No, it's not a good sign. Typically, you know the, everybody will be waiting to pounce on that if Kyler looks off tonight. Wasn't there some kind of stat where like Kyler Murray has a terrible record when it comes to yes. the double points? XP during, day yes. or XP bonus day or right? whatever it is. Yeah, no, I mean, you're buying the Saints. I'm taking the Saints. So I also like the Saints tonight, though. I do. I, I actually do like the Saints as well. Uh, I, a lot of people on the Discord channel were talking about teasing the Saints up maybe to eight and a half. So they're two and a half point favorites. You tease it up six points. Suddenly you got the Saints at, at eight and a half, and then you tease maybe the over. So all of a sudden you only need 37 and a half points. Now I'll tell you the trend. Julio and I have been, talk, Julio and I have been talking about this for the last eight weeks. I guess it's our eighth or ninth show we've been doing already here on that betting show here on 610, the only live and local betting show in Kansas City, and it has to do with the unders. And here we are yet again. The total's sitting at 43 and a half. Unders in night games, primetime games, 13 and 6 to the under. Since 2019, it's 107, 75, and 3 to the under. These stats come from the Action Network. Thursday night football unders hit at 64% of the time since 2020. But more importantly, this season, 5 and 1 to the under on Thursday night football. All these Thursdays we're doing the show five and one to the under. How many, how many times have you uh, taken the over in the last three weeks? times? Yeah. Three times total. Okay. Just check. Yeah. Yeah. Just so the under has been certainly the play on Thursday night football. Now you're right. Last week was wrong about the total, but I hope you followed me on 
a nice little parlay for the same game parlay last week, though, with Washington. It's true. Washington plus one and a half. Brian Robinson, 59 and a half uh, rushing yards. He got 60. And, and anytime touchdown, he hit that. So we made up for missing the under. It was a solid hit. We made up for missing the under with a nice it. little uh, plus 550 or so on the Brian Robinson prop. So that's Thursday night football. The, the plays I mentioned, I have a little sprinkle on Taysom Hill. I do like the Saints like you, Julio, as well. And it's awfully tempting, right? It is awfully tempting not to just take the under based off of where you're at at 5-1 and one on the season. And when the total moves down on Thursday night football, which it has, 59% of the time that covers since 2015. Just a few other quick plays that I have for tonight. Under two and a half receptions for A.J. Green. Now, I got it when it was minus 125. This thing's juiced all the way up to minus 155 now. So, you know, I don't like it quite as much if you're talking about minus 155 on a reception prop bet. Uh, So just be careful on that one. I I don't don't necessarily recommend it anymore at at minus 155 unless you can find a better spot. And then uh, the Saints first quarter money line. uh, Last week we had Benny Heiss on the show, and he told us about those Arizona Cardinals, right? And the Arizona Cardinals are the lowest scoring team in the first quarter in football. Heading into last week, the Cardinals had no points in the first quarter. Last week, they actually scored three against the Seahawks. Well, it's the same Cardinals team tonight. So I don't mind taking the Saints at plus money, as a matter of fact, uh, for the money line in the first quarter tonight. I mentioned it's the sports equinox. Coming up next, I'll give you my favorite plays for the rest of the sports slate tonight. A couple of them already started, including a college football game. And then we'll get right in to the Chiefs, who are two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road this weekend in San Francisco. Back here on That Betting Show. Alex Gold with you till 8 o'clock here on 610 Sports Radio. Of course, you can subscribe to the show if you miss any of it. Right after the show, it'll be up on 610sports.com. You can subscribe through Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. You can check that out. We'll be sure to tweet out the link at 610sportskc, at Alex Gold on Twitter as well. Again, we'll get uh, an expert opinion on this NFL slate from Action Network. John Lanfranco and to join us here in about uh, 15 minutes or so. Also does great work over at fantasysharks.com. But as I mentioned, it is the sports equinox and so we're going to go through each sport that is in action tonight i already told you about the nfl side of things and my thoughts on thursday night football which is kicking off uh, right as we speak but there's also mlb postseason going on right now uh, my bet for that just it, it's on a sports equinox so I, I got action on quite a few things on a thursday night because of that i do have the yankees money line for this game also yankees first inning or first five innings excuse me and it's just simply uh, looking at the Astros. Yes, they got the win yesterday. Altuve is still slumping, and, and Houston is getting production from everybody outside of Jose Altuve right now. And at some point in time, I know the expectation is Altuve will, will get out of this slump. I don't think that's today. I think the Yankees have the better pitcher tonight, the, the better defense as well, as we saw a great defensive play, as a matter of fact, in the first inning. So right now that game, though, is still nothing-nothing very early on. Bottom second, uh, one out, and the Astros do have a runner on first, Houston leading that series. So that's that's my MLB action that I have tonight. Yankees money line first five, Yankees money line uh, for the game. You can get that plus money uh, for the game against the Houston Astros. And then there's the NBA going on right now. There's two games tonight. 
uh, over in the NBA. The late game will be the Clippers and the Lakers, where the Clippers are five and a half point favorites. But right now, you got the Bucks taking on the 76ers. It's in the second quarter. I do have Milwaukee plus four for this game. Uh, I think this thing is going to be tight throughout. Now, right now, it's a it's a five point lead for the Bucks. You certainly like where you're at if you're on Milwaukee. Uh, plus four. Uh, there's no Chris Middleton. That obviously has impacted the line for this game, but at least through the first quarter and a half, you have to like what you're seeing from the Milwaukee Bucks. In this series, the road team has actually dominated it as of late, and Milwaukee is the road team in this one against the 76ers. And then over in the NHL, the Rangers and the Sharks are underway right now, but uh, my bet is a little bit later on tonight in Winnipeg, or in Vegas with Winnipeg, I should say. Winnipeg out in Vegas, taking on the Golden Knights. Uh, this is a Winnipeg team that just got done with the road game against Colorado. Uh, I parlayed two things with this because the juice is pretty heavy on the money line for the Golden Knights here. So Golden Knights minus 220 on the money line and the under seven for the game. That's my hockey play. And then I mentioned college football to kind of wrap it up here on the Equinox uh, picks. Virginia and Georgia Tech going at it right now. Second quarter just underway. It's a early seven to six lead for the Virginia Cavaliers. Georgia Tech got a pick six off of Virginia. The story for this game, and I'm on Georgia Tech uh, at minus three and a half, they're trailing currently, was whether or not Jeff Sims would be able to play in this game, and he has. Unfortunately, six of eight right now, 47 yards and a pick. They were uh, they had a third and goal at the Virginia, what was it, the five-yard line, six-yard line, and he threw an interception. Otherwise, we'd be talking probably about a Georgia Tech uh, lead already at this point in time, but unfortunately, just seven to six, a missed extra point as well. But Virginia up seven, six, 14, 28 to go in the second quarter. So those are the, the Equinox plays here. This is the 26th time we've ever seen that. But let's talk some Chiefs football. The Chiefs, two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road in Santa Clara, taking on the 49ers. The total sitting at 48-and-a-half. Just real quick, a few trends for this game. Garoppolo, 14 and 6 straight up as a dog in his career, 16 and 4 against the spread as an underdog in his career. That is actually the best winning percentage by any quarterback as a dog in the Super Bowl era, including the playoffs. Yes, Jimmy Garoppolo. Now you can discount it all you want. You can talk about Kyle Shanahan being a great mastermind as a head coach. Fair. You can talk about the effectiveness of that defense. All that factors into that. I don't think anybody's thinking Garoppolo's the sole reason. But when we're talking about covering as a dog, Jimmy Garoppolo's as good as it gets in the Super Bowl era. 16-4 and four against the spread. Now, here's the reason why I do like the Chiefs to cover the 2.5, though. And at some places, it got up to 3 earlier this week. I'm on the Chiefs minus 2.5. There is a massive, massive injury disadvantage going on here for the 49ers in this game. You've got the narrative of Patrick Mahomes coming off a loss, first and foremost. 11-3 and three off a loss in his career. We saw how they bounced back after a loss to the Colts earlier this year with their best performance of the season against Tampa. We know the Chiefs now are coming off a loss to Buffalo in a game in which the Chiefs made just one too many mistakes there at the end, but I don't think your feeling about the Chiefs has changed based on what they did against Buffalo. But think about the injuries and look at the injuries for the 49ers in this game. We'll get the official injury report tomorrow. But you're, they're already out Emmanuel Mosley for the season. Former Chief Charvarius Ward's dealing with a groin injury. Last check, he did not practice yesterday or today. Nick Bosa, limited. Eric Armstead uh, did not practice today. They already are without Kinlaw, the, the very talented defensive lineman. He's on IR. Uh, Jimmy Ward's dealing with a hand injury. They've got so many injuries on an otherwise very, very talented 49ers defense. And it's at the mat. You can't you can't just discount that. You can't ignore 
that this is not the same 49ers defense from three weeks ago. The injuries pile up for anybody after a while. And so I think that's a massive advantage for Kansas City, who is getting healthy at the right time. Now, Rashad Fenton still is the only player that did not practice today for Kansas City. We'll see, and right now the way it's trending, they may not have him available, but it sure seems like they're going to get Trent McDuffie back after only playing a quarter in the first game of the season. It looks like they'll have McDuffie back. Mike Dana continues to be back. You know, Joe Tooney missed practice earlier in the week. He's been back at practice. Willie Gay's coming off the suspension. Don't know how much he's going to play. Andy Reid, uh, and, excuse me, Spags today talked about Willie Gay and said, you know, they got to kind of shake some of that rust off. So I don't know. The way Darius Harris has played, maybe they're willing to make it limited snaps for Willie Gay in this contest. The Chiefs are by far the healthier team, and they're in their better football team. However, I do think if you're looking for some angles within the game, so I like the Chiefs minus two and a half, but if you take a look at some of the prop bets for players out there, most notably over at DraftKings, who already has some of theirs up, like I would really look at Jeff Wilson, the running back for the 49ers, and of course Debo Samuel, to go over their rushing totals. That's an area where I think even if you like the Chiefs to cover the two and a half, yes, the Chiefs' rush defense overall has been pretty good this season. At one point, they were the best rush defense in football just a couple weeks ago. But I think that's an area where Kansas City uh, could give up some yards in this particular game. To me, this is going to be a 49ers team, especially with Kyle Shanahan, that's going to try to take advantage of what has been on film the last couple weeks, which is, for the most part, outside of the Bucks game, an offensive line, defensive line, line of scrimmage for the Chiefs that they've been out physical, right? They've been bullied around. And I think that's an area where, if you're just looking at player props, I will be on a couple of them for the 49ers, Jeff Wilson, to run the football, because I think that will be part of the formula, certainly for the 49ers. The Chiefs have to be careful in this game, but offensively, I have no question that the Chiefs are going to move the ball against the Niners. There's too many injuries. Like I, the question will be is, how many points do you think are scored from both teams? Does this total get above where it's currently sitting at 48 and a half? Lean towards the over a little bit, because I'm not so sure the Chiefs are going to stop that rushing attack for the 49ers, but I feel very confident that in a bounce-back game for Mahomes... For this wide receiver core that suddenly has Juju maybe going a little bit. His only only the only receiver right now, by the way, to have a hundred yard game. And it took till week six of the season. I think the Chiefs will bounce back in this spot. I do like them to cover uh, the two and a half in particular. One other thing with this game, just from a hey, why why do you feel confident in the cover? So the Chiefs convert right now at a ridiculous percentage on third downs. Even if you're a Niners defense and you get them to a third down consistently. The Chiefs are converting third downs at a 50% clip. That's nuts in the NFL. 50% of the time they're hitting on third downs. That's insane. That's the second highest in the NFL. It's not even the highest. Second highest. Flip side, 49ers, they only convert around 40% on third downs in the season. So the key sounds cliche for the Chiefs defense. Okay, give them a third down. Make sure they stay at that 40% clip or worse when it comes to third down conversions. Get them to third down, okay, but can you get off the field on third down? I think that'll certainly be a key for the Chiefs, but I do like them to cover the two and a half. One quick other note before we welcome in our guests coming up here in about seven minutes or so to get John Lanfranco's opinion on that spread for the Chiefs and the rest of this NFL slate. Just some caution for everybody. You all see the, the boosts that are out there for the different sports books, FanDuel, DraftKings, MGM, Barstool, you name it, Caesars. So on Monday Night Football, it was the Broncos and the Chargers. And one of the boosts out there was for Justin Herbert to throw a touchdown pass. 
And initially, it was minus 800. Like, you're not going to bet on that, okay? It's minus 800. But they boosted it. I think it had a $25 max wager, but they boosted it to plus 100. So 25 free money, right? 25 win 25, right? It seems like free money. That did not hit, by the way. A lot of people were upset by that. Reminder, there's no, there's no guarantee. Just because it's a boost, even if it's one like that, doesn't guarantee a damn thing. He did not throw a touchdown pass. He had 57 pass attempts. They won 19 to 16, as we know, in overtime. But that, according to ESPN stats and info, the most passing attempts in a win without a touchdown in NFL history. So brutal. People in the Discord channel were all upset. I mean, it's just a bad, I guess, a bad beat. 57 pass attempts. Justin Herbert, we consider to be one of the better quarterbacks in the league. I think he's a top five quarterback. Didn't throw a touchdown pass the night that the boost happens. It sucks, but it doesn't mean there's some massive conspiracy going on either. I saw some of that. You think the NFL conspired to screw you out of your little $25 bet. Come on now. But it does suck. It was certainly a bad beat. Uh, we'll get back into the Chiefs in the NFL. Coming up next here on That Betting Show, John Lanfranca of the Action Network at FantasySharks.com. Stops by. Back in here on That Betting Show. Alex Gold with you for the next half hour. We'll have things off to the K-State Coaches Show with Chris Kleiman on the K-State Sports Network coming up in just a little bit. A little update on Thursday Night Football. We have points. Yeah. Points are being scored. It can actually happen, believe it or not. It is allowed. 7-3 Saints lead on the Cardinals right now. Just saw Rodrigo Blankenship, who's uh, the, the new kicker there. They moved on from uh, Matt Amendola. Chiefs fans recognize that game. And so Blankenship just kicked a 50-yard field goal for the Cardinals to make it 7-3 to Saints. Uh, the first touchdown score, look, we talked about the most bet on guys. Props to whoever had this. I don't know why on earth you would have bet on Rashid Shahid. Uh, he did get the first touchdown of the game on a f- bomb from Andy Dalton. He was 8,000 plus 8,000, 80 to one to score the first touchdown tonight and 16 to one to have an anytime touchdown. So if you uh, just happened to say, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go with a long shot tonight. Good for you. I had no reason to, to actually put any money on him, but you did. And you made some money if that was the case. Also a good start for the over finally on a Thursday night game. Uh, certainly for those of you that maybe teased it as well. 10-3, still 10-54 to go in the first quarter. But let's talk some more about this week seven slate in the NFL. Excited once again to welcome back our friend here on the show, John Lanfranca from Action Network, contributor over there and also host and writer for FantasySharks.com. John, great to have you on. I'm assuming you had that first touchdown score bet. I'm sure you called it all along. <laughs> no, I, I did glance at him in a DraftKings uh, showdown lineup because oh. he was basically free, but uh, didn't end up going with him, and that pretty much broke the slate for anyone who's playing the uh, DFS showdown tonight. Yeah, that's a bummer on, on the Thursday night DraftKings uh, daily fantasy. If you didn't have him, you're already, I mean, you're, yeah, you're, you're obviously in a bad spot already <laughs> when it comes to something like that. I wanted to start with the Chiefs, of course, John, and then we can venture away from there. But the Chiefs, two and a half point favorites on the road, taking on the Niners. The total at last check at FanDuel at least is 48 and a half. What's your feel just on the spread here? We know this is a, a potential bounce back spot for Kansas City. Yeah, and, and last time I was on that betting show, I I recommended the Chiefs on the road uh, to win at Tampa Bay, and they did, and and I'm doing it again. I mean, obviously I'm I am a diehard Chiefs fan, but I, you know, I I have to put my money down on the Chiefs. Yeah, I got it at minus two and a half, and you kind of went over it. The the injuries, Traverius Ward, you know, people he, he I mean Jimmy Ward and Traverius Ward, but 
second in PFF uh, rating in his limited snaps. I mean, it's not like they're this is a legit secondary player, Hafunga, tenth tenth in PFF uh, rating, and Emmanuel Mosley, who was uh, was top twenty, you know, in coverage rate. So this pass defense is, is you know has taken a lot of hits. And last week, Marcus Mariota only threw fourteen times, but he was uh, top two in both success rate and expected points added per per pass. So I mean, it's a, it's a bad matchup for the Niners any way you slice it. I was looking, too, at this total because I agree with you there on I think the Chiefs will have plenty of success on offense despite this being a defense that when they were healthy, of course, was was playing as good as anybody, but they're just simply not healthy. On the flip side, I, I do think the Niners can run the ball on this Chiefs team. I, I get it just a few weeks ago we were talking about the Chiefs having the number one rushing defense in football. I'm a little concerned there based on how they've been bullied around. The Chiefs have along the longest line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Like I actually really like some of the prop bets involving Jeff Wilson in this game on the ground. Yeah, so, you know, normally, you know, that that game plan, it sounds great, you know, versus the Chiefs, or, yeah. you know, the Titans in the AFC Championship game versus two years ago, you know, they're going to pound Derrick Henry, keep the ball away from us, and then guess what? They get down seven, ten points, and they're, they kind of throw it out the window. Now, while Jeff Wilson's prop, I'm a little scared on simply because, you know, he fumbled last week and they started giving more snaps to some other running backs. I do like Debo Samuel because the Chiefs have been very susceptible to – uh, passes to running backs, and I think they'll use Samuel in the backfield, both through the air and on the ground. And obviously, this is such a big game. This is the type of game where you could see Debo Samuel six, seven carries, and he's going to go over seventeen and a half yards. You know, even if he gets four or five carries. So um, I do, I do like that prop. I just don't know if the 49ers have enough without the right tackle and Trent Williams kind of banged up to consistently keep you know keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands. So do you lean lean towards the the under on the overall total there for the game, or, or do you have much of a feel on that? I mean, I, I, the total has went up, you know, I didn't bet it. If, if I would have got 45 and a half, I, you know, I would have went over, mm-hmm. but you know, now it's up to 48 and a half. I, I think that the Niners are going to fall behind. I think Garoppolo will have decent, you know, success throwing it. We'll see how bad the, you know, the Niners secondary is. I think the chiefs can put up 30 points. And if that happens, I, you know, I, I think it's very viable that this game still goes over 48 and a half. We're talking to John Lanfranco of Action Network, a contributor over there, host and writer for FantasySharks.com. He joins us here on that betting show. Let's move away from from this Chiefs game a little bit. And I I was looking at that Lions and Cowboys game, and we know Dak Prescott, it's not 100%, but he was asked again today. I look sure every indication he's going to play and make his his return after the surgery from a couple weeks ago. We know this is a Cowboys team that played so well without him, the defense carrying that team for the most part. They're seven-point favorites at home against the Detroit Lions. We know the Lions can score, but can they score against this this Dallas defense to where you would consider taking Detroit to cover the seven? Yeah, I mean, it's it's so hard to predict, really, what the Lions defense is going to look like to me. I mean, I, I would like to think off a of bye, you know, you kind of have some adjustments in the tank. I, mean, I just don't think they have the personnel, you know, to, to stop the Cowboys. But I think with the full slate of weapons, especially Amon Ross St. Brown, because he's the guy that's going to be the outlet, you know, when golf is pressured. And then I expect Swift to play. If you got those two guys, I do, you know, I would lean Lions here within the points. You know, Dak hasn't played in five weeks. He might be pressing a little bit, you know, when he's came back from injury prior, um, you know, he, he hasn't looked great in his first game back. So I would lean the Lions off a of bye. I'm kind of a sucker, honestly, for a team with, with uh, extra preparation as well. Sticking with the, the quarterback coming back from an injury to a same situation to a certain extent there with the Dolphins. They're at home. Two is going to play after running out backup quarterbacks for the last couple of weeks. They're getting seven points at home 
against, or excuse me, they're, they, they're seven-point favorites at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We know Pittsburgh just beat the Tampa Bay Bucks. Is this a spot where the, the public overreacts a little bit to, uh, to, to Pittsburgh, or do you think we're overreacting a little bit to Tua just coming back off of the concussion? Yeah, I mean, the Steelers' secondary is extremely banged up now. You know, they did play well versus Brady last week. Um, but I think you're going to see Mike McDaniel go with a, a heavy passing attack, especially on early downs, you know, to test Cam Sutton and Okella Witherspoon, who both are coming back from hamstrings. You know, without T.J. Watt there, I just don't see the, the Steelers pressuring to it. And, I mean, one of the props I was going to mention is Jalen Waddle over 58 and a half yards. It really means Steelers have been torched by slot receivers all year. Obviously, you know what Tyree can do. But, you know, Diggs and Gabe Davis and Shakir just two weeks ago went 171, 102, and 75 <laughs> yards, respectively. Um, so I just, I just don't think the Steelers are going to be able to stop the, the Dolphins' passing attack. And I think they'll be able to pressure, whether it's Trubisky or probably Pickett. Just enough. And I, so I lean Dolphins here. It's not really a game that I'm, um, you know, I have on my slate currently, though. Let me get your thoughts on a couple that you do really like, and then I can, I can get you back to the AFC West, maybe. But what, what is the game that you're really keen in on and, and we'll have a write-up over on the Action Network for? Yeah, so my main write-up, which so far this year, um, and some of them I have, I've been assigned, I haven't actually picked myself, but I've done nine game preview and write-ups, and I'm 8-1 and against the spread so far this season. And I will be writing nice. up Seahawks Chargers this week. And I actually took Seattle when they were plus seven. So I do like Seattle at plus five, plus five and a half. Now I don't obviously love it as much. But I mean, the Chargers have only beat one team by more than five points, and it was the Texans. When Geno Smith, 16, 10, and two in his career as a dog. And more recently, which matters more, not a big trends guy, but eight and two against the spread for Geno Smith um, as an underdog. You know, for Brandon Staley, the totals have went under whenever they're 50 or above. Um, he's seven and three in his career when the totals. So seven to three towards the under. So, you know, points are going to be at a premium a little bit. I'm not saying it can't be a high scoring game based on Seattle's defense, but they have looked better in the last few weeks. So I think I kind of lean the under here. And when I lean the under, I usually like taking the points with the dog. And obviously uh, dogs of over a field goal this year are 38 and 19 against the spread. So, another kind of trend that we've seen in 2022 that's been profitable. It makes me feel better about my, uh, my, my pick a little bit later on in the show. I have Seattle plus five and a half against the Chargers as well. So I, I like to hear that you're thinking the same thing, at least when it comes to, to that game. What about the other AFC West contests? I mean, this Broncos team, we've got a good look at them time and time again in primetime, too many times in primetime. Uh, as a matter of fact, Russell Wilson's banged up with the hamstring, although he told us today, you know, he's got Wolverine blood. So he's just, uh, he's just a little bit different uh, out there. The Broncos are one-point favorites against the Jets. The Jets are 4-2 and two in, in Vegas, and the public not necessarily buying it. Yeah, so this, this game did open around three, and you know I wasn't dying to bet the Broncos <laughs> after seeing <laughs> yeah. them on Monday night again. But I actually do really like the Broncos at minus one, and I honestly don't even care who starts the quarterback because, I mean, Zach Wilson is probably, you know, one of, if not the worst starting quarterback in the NFL right now. I mean, he's 4-23 and 23, or 4 of 23 passing. Um, under pressure this year, his pass rating is three when he's under pressure, and 17% of his throws under pressure are turnover worthy. And the Broncos are going to get pressure on him, and really the only thing they have to do is stop the run. Green Bay's win expectancy over the Jets last week, they were expected to win that game by all advanced metrics. I mean, the, uh, the Jets you know, got a long run, and they got a defensive touchdown, and that kind of swung it. But I think it's a little bit of an overreaction as far as um, these teams, and I'm all over, I'm all over the Broncos. I mean, one right now. 
Let me ask you the last game, Monday Night Football. I know for people that play Survivor, this might even be a team they're willing to take against Chicago. That's the Patriots on Monday night. Uh, they, of course, are getting uh, the Bears seven and a half points on the road in New England. You have a feel for this game. The total is all the way down to 39 and a half right now. Yeah, um, you know, I'm I'm on I'm on the Patriots in this game. Bill Belichick, 12-6-1 against the spread as a TD or, or more favorite. Uh, I think since 2019, so not like the whole Brady era. And he's 17-2 and two straight up. I mean, they, they've played decent offenses. The Browns and Lions offenses, you know, are, are pretty solid, honestly, by all metrics. They shut out the Patriots, shut out the Lions. Jamal Williams goes 15 carries and 56 yards. They have a good old line. And then Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt combined 16 carries for 68 yards. The Browns only 4.9 yards per play. I mean, they can the Patriots can stop the run, and the, no one runs it more than the Bears. I just, I mean, the Bears, 13 points is probably you know if you were to give me a team total around 13, I'm probably I'm probably going under on that. I think it's a bad matchup for them, and I think um, I'd rather see Zappy start. I would actually be more confident. And that if that were starting yeah. for the, the Patriots, uh, but I, I think they win this game, you know, kind of like a, a 27-10 type game, pretty, pretty low scoring, especially on the Bears end. I'm with you. I hope Bailey Zappi starts as well. Like, I, I mean, I think they should keep rolling out there. I understand Mac Jones was the top pick a couple years ago, but I, I think Bailey Zappi's the, the guy they should roll out there and see how long they can, can, can roll with him as a starter. I know they say Mac Jones will be, a, is at, you know, is healthy enough to start, but are they willing to actually start him? I, I hope it's Bailey Zappi there for Monday Night Football, and I think in one of my survivor leagues, I'm considering taking the New England Patriots there against the Chicago Bears as well. John Lanfranco of the Action Network. You can see his work there, and also for those of you playing fantasy football, getting set for a big weekend of daily fantasy as well, you can check out his work over at FantasySharks.com. John, great to have you on the show again, man. Thanks so much. Oh, thanks for, thanks for having me back, and I'll talk to you soon. There you go. John Lanfranca of the Action Network. Great insight on the NFL Week 7 slate. And we'll get to more of the Week 7 slate with the Goldilocks and my favorite college football plays coming up next here on That Betting Show. Back in here on That Betting Show, Alex Gold with you. Till 8 o'clock, then we'll hand things off to the K-State Radio Network for the Chris Kleiman Show. A lot going on in sports. Every major sport in action tonight. Just the 26th sports equinox in sports history. And with that, let's get you real quickly updated on a couple things. So Andy Dalton, despite a nine-plus minute drive for the Saints, they were moving down the field. He was looking great. Threw an interception in the end zone on a third and goal. Intercepted by Antonio Hamilton. That's former chief Antonio Hamilton, by the way. And since then, the Cardinals took that momentum and in uh, you know, Benjamin, 45-yard run down to the Saints' 18-yard line. So first and 10, uh, Arizona with about a minute 29 to go in the first quarter. Uh, they trail the Saints 7-3. to three. That's significant if you listened to the show earlier. First quarter, Saints money line bet. Andy Dalton's interception might end up costing us that. About 51 seconds to go. Second and nine for the Cardinals at the Saints 17-yard line now. So let's hope we can get to the end of the first quarter before the uh, the Cardinals either get a touchdown. A field goal, we're still okay. But if the Cardinals are going to get a touchdown, we'd love for that to happen in the second quarter, not in the first quarter based off of that bet. But 7-3, uh, to three, despite the Saints actually moving the ball pretty well. But Andy Dalton, uh, minus 125 to throw an interception tonight. Over a half interception was where he was at, and uh, it was minus 125. So those of you that were on that, able to catch that ticket. Over in the postseason for baseball, it's the Astros now with a 3 nothing lead on the Yankees in Game 2. The Astros already up uh, one game to none in the series. Alex Bregman went yard for a three-run home run for the Houston 
Astros. Uh, so that is where we're at when it comes to uh, the two major games going on uh, tonight in the sports world. But it is that time of the show. We like to give you our Goldilocks for the weekend. Let's check in on how we're doing so far on the season. Last week, just a 500 week on the college football route. So we're 18 and 13 overall. We'll, st- we'll still take that percentage, but hopefully we can get above 500 uh, this weekend. Uh, in general, but 18 and 13 overall, just two and two last week on the NFL side, a three and one weekend. The Chiefs, the lone pick that did not cover the three, a brutal, brutal one there. Otherwise, we would have had a perfect four and NFL weekend. We're 14 and 10 in the NFL. So let's start with college, though. Alabama minus 21 against Mike Leach and Mississippi State. The last two times these teams have met combined score for Alabama, 90 to nine pure Domination, including a year at 49 to 9. I think Alabama bounces back after a very tough loss in a great game against Tennessee. That was a, a classic type of game. Give credit to Tennessee uh, and their quarterback, Hooker, who is now, I think, the second uh, odds on favorite to uh, to win the Heisman right now at multiple books. But I like Bama to cover the 21 in a bounce back spot after losing on the road last week. I mentioned Kansas State. They're taking on TCU. Now, this line has moved. It was at one point five and a half. At five and a half, I think you'd consider, right, leaning towards Kansas State to cover. It's TCU minus three and a half now. I'm on TCU minus three and a half. They have knocked off three straight ranked teams. K-State, we know they can run the ball. No question about that. TCU can run the ball as well, and they have better playmakers on the outside. Now, Adrian Martinez has been fantastic. Give him a lot of credit. I was doubting whether or not he could go and win football games for this team. He certainly has done that. He's yet to throw an interception so far this year as well. He threw multiple picks, no problem at Nebraska. Give credit to Chris Kleiman and company there. With all that said, though, at minus three and a half, if you can get it at that number or three in some spots as well, I do like TCU, who's the home team, to continue this great first season under Sonny Dykes with a very talented quarterback uh, there for TCU. I'll stay in the Big 12. How about Baylor minus eight and a half against Kansas? This thing's up to nine and a half in some spots as well. KU gave up 52 points to a bad Oklahoma team a week ago. It's obvious that these defensive issues are not going to just suddenly go away for KU. I don't think they're going away against Baylor as well. Baylor's coming off a loss to West Virginia. Look, last week, you got a miracle cover if you got KU plus 10 right before kickoff. A miracle cover as KU had no business covering that game. Give Lance Leipold's team credit. They don't quit. He's got them playing hard. But I actually think the the bottom kind of falls out on Kansas this weekend. And I think Baylor covers the eight and a half. Lastly, one of the better games for this weekend, at least certainly getting the notoriety, and that's Clemson and Syracuse. A great story. Potentially a Cinderella ride for Syracuse. Clemson minus 12 and a half is my play against the Orange. They have been excellent in multiple areas, but they haven't played a top 50 offense this year. They haven't faced a top 35 defense this year. Now you're going to Clemson, the nation's longest home winning streak. I think this is way too big of a jump up in competition for Syracuse. And if you're looking at Syracuse, who just beat NC State last week, well, NC State was without their starting quarterback, who's now out for the year, and Devin Leary. I think the Orange come back to reality, and Clemson blows them out by two-plus touchdowns. Those are my college football Goldilocks for the weekend. Let's go over to the NFL. We talked to to John about a couple of these, and I will start with that Seattle game. I do love Seattle plus five and a half at the Chargers. As he pointed out, 
other than the Texans game, the Chargers don't blow anybody out. They haven't won by more of the touchdown against anybody other than the Chargers here. I, I like Seattle, who we know is going to put up points. Seattle's been putting up points on everybody. Their defense is atrocious, no doubt. But guess whose defense also really struggles, despite a defensive-minded head coach in Brandon Staley? That would be the Chargers' defense. I like Seattle Getting five and a half points on the road, it's not this daunting road atmosphere or anything like that. I think Geno Smith will be able to put up points to cover here and maybe push the Chargers a little bit. The Chargers did not look all that impressive against Denver on Monday night. Next on the NFL goalie lock, it's Kansas City, minus two and a half. I'm going back to KC. They didn't cover for us last week. I will go back here in a bounce back spot for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. I rattled off all the injuries for the 49ers. Mosley out for the season. Ward not practicing. Bosa up on the air. Armstead did not practice again today. Jimmy Ward dealing with a hand injury. All of that contributing to my reasons for the Chiefs covering in this game. It's not only a bounce back spot, but at some point you got to look at who's undermanned. And certainly that team is the San Francisco 49ers. I actually think they maybe can move the ball on the ground against Kansas City, but I think the Chiefs offense will have one of their better performances of the season in a bounce back spot here. Final two picks in the NFL for the Goldilocks. How about those Giants? I'll admit I've been skeptical, hard to believe in them, but you start looking at their schedule and... I think the Giants might sneak in as a wild card team this year, believe it or not. And I don't like look at Daniel Jones and think he's taking them anywhere special. We got to give him credit at this point. Brian Dable, this team finds ways to win. I think a great comparison was made earlier this week. When we were talking on our midday show with uh, McCody, myself and Nick. They kind of remind you of the Titans from a couple years ago where nobody really thought the Titans were Super Bowl worthy, but yet they win a bunch of football games. That's kind of the feeling Around New York, I like the Giants plus three on the road against Jacksonville, who has quickly come back down to earth. After two weeks, everybody was hyping up the Jags. This is a team, Trevor Lawrence, playing like maybe a guy that could be in the conversation for an MVP. Yeah, they've come back to earth. Also, one trend I like, away from home, Daniel Jones in his career, 14-6 and six against the spread. 14-6 and six against the spread. That's the fourth best quarterback since 2019 on the road or neutral sites. I love this opportunity for the Giants here. And lastly, I mentioned those Tennessee Titans, just comparing them to the Giants and the Titans of the past. I like Tennessee minus two and a half in a divisional game against the Colts. Mike Rabel, 4-0 straight up and against the spread off a of bye week. He's coming off a of bye week here. Ryan Tannehill has covered his last six regular season starts off a of bye week. They just played a couple weeks ago. The Colts lost 24-17. And you might say, well, who was hurt? Well, Mike, Michael Pittman played in that game. Jonathan Taylor played in that game. I think the Tennessee Titans are a better team. And if you listen at the beginning of the season, I told you, I think the Titans are winning this division. So in a game that's going to be close, in a game where neither team this whole season has looked all that impressive, I'm going to go with the team that I still believe is going to win this division. And they have a chance to sweep the Colts already. It's, it's October, what, 20th? And by the time this weekend's over, you could be talking about the Colts getting swept by the Tennessee Titans and the Titans being in the driver's seat of the AFC South. Thanks for hanging out with us here on a Thursday night. This has been That Betting Show. Be sure to subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you're set up for a weekend of success. Best of luck with your bets for the rest of the weekend. We're back at it next Thursday right here on 610 Sports Radio. That betting show with Alex Gold. Thursday starting at 7 p.m. on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app.